Um, I am super excited to be continuing uh, with our talk, talk, conversation, series, whatever you want to call it, called Greatest Hits. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in just a second. But one of the things that I'm so excited about today is we actually have our kids in the room. We probably do this once or twice a year. So let's give it up for our kiddos who are in the room today. Yeah? Just so you know, normal kids programming will resume next week at 10.30 service. We have nursery at 9 a.m. and 10.30 service has kids programming. It will be back next week. But kids who are here, I don't know if you know this, but for a long time, I used to work with kids. That was my job. And so I was so excited to be able to come up here and talk about what you guys are talking about downstairs today. Because I don't know if you know this, but at Downtown Harbor Church... Kids are really important to us, and we focus on one of these things called a life app each month and the scriptures that follow along with that life app. And here's our life app this month. Uniqueness, discovering who God made you to be so you can make a difference. And so what we're doing is we're looking at how God made us this month and how we can make a difference in the lives of others. So everybody, let's say this all together like our kids do. We're going to get into kid mode here for a second. Here we go. One, two, three. Uniqueness, discovering who you are meant to be or who God made you to be so you can make a difference. See, I've been working with kids in a while, okay? And then each week we have a bottom line, and this week's bottom line is this. God made you to love others. Let's all say that together. God made you to love others. Week, let's do it again. God made you to love others. And so that is what you guys were going to learn about this week. But parents, this is the cool thing. Our strategy is more than just kids. It's partnering with you, the parent. This is why we have this cool resource called the Parent Q app. So if you have kids downstairs in our ministry department, this app needs to be on your phone. You need to be on this thing. It's really cool so that you, as you leave here, can go home and have conversations with and talk about with your kids what they're learning about at church. So it's a really cool resource, okay? Now, as we kind of dive back into this idea of what greatest hits are, allow me to present what we're doing this month. Because every kind of week or month here at Downtown Harbor Church is a little bit different. But for these four weeks, we've been taking a look at some of the most famous passages in the entire scripture. Whether you have a lot of church experience or you have no church experience at all, or maybe you've kind of peppered in different churches here and there, we think that more than likely you may have heard of one of these scriptures that we're going to put on the screen throughout the course of our time in these four weeks. Even if you have no affiliation with church, you've probably heard of these at least once or twice in your life, right? And so one of the things related to these famous passages in the scripture that we've been doing is we've been asking questions, okay? And the questions that we've been asking related to these passages of scripture are, is this question, right? Here's the question. If I am, don't miss this, if I am a follower of Jesus, what should I look like? So we've been asking the question, hey, if I've said yes to following after Jesus, what should my life look like? What should my family look like? What should my career look like? What should my you know, day-to-day look like? What does day-to-day look like? And we're looking at these famous passages in the scripture related to how we should be living and functioning throughout our day-to-day. So that's kind of like the playing field that kind of sets the ground for what we're going to talk about today. Because today's greatest hit, today's verse that we're going to look at in the scripture is so powerful. And dare I say, during our first service, it was one of those days where we just had a lot of technical difficulties and none of this was working, which was kind of fun. And I have to tell you, we were all just like, man, this is going to be a bummer this morning. And God showed up in amazing ways like I've never seen before here at DHC. And so do not miss this message today because I think it has the opportunity to transform some of us from the inside out. Because today's greatest hit comes from us, from the mouth of Jesus. It's Jesus' words himself. And it comes to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. Here it is, right? It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary 
and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Now, let me tell you about how we work things here at DHC. Sometimes we put a singular verse on the screen, and we kind of look at it and unpack it like word by word. That's what we're going to do today. Sometimes we might do a topical message where we talk about things that are going on in our day-to-day lives. And sometimes we might even take like an entire book in the scripture and like go through it chapter by chapter. But today, we're going to unpack this verse kind of word by word and what it looks like and what it means. But... Here's one of the things that I feel like Christians do and churches in general have done over the course of time, and they've done a disservice to people who are a part of the church by just putting this verse up on the screen and going, we're going to talk about it. Because we could easily do that, but when we do, we're missing something. We're missing this word that's going to go up on the screen that we have to understand where this verse lies in the scripture and why it's here, even though it's a greatest hit on its own. We have to understand the context for this verse. A lot of times we just toss a scripture up and we go, this is what this looks like and this is what this means. But the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that we have to look at the context for this verse and what it means so that we can fully understand it properly. Everybody with me on that? So in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, is where we're going to land. And in the book of Matthew, we have to understand... It is the very first book in the New Testament of the Bible, one of the very first accounts of the life of Jesus on earth, right? And in this book of Matthew, chapter 11, something happens which is so powerful and so transformative, and it's where this greatest hit, this verse lies, okay? Because in Matthew, chapter 11, Jesus describes God living in him. This is so key. This, This is the key to understanding the entire thing. Jesus describes God living in him, basically, in these scriptures, in these verses, basically claiming that he is God. He's basically claiming that in these scriptures, he is God. So let me talk about where he does that, because this verse, this greatest hit, is in the middle of these scriptures where he does this, and so it's important for us to understand the context of where this scripture lies. So in Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, right? If you have your scriptures, you can take a look at that. If you have a mobile device, you can open your Bible app. If not, it'll always be on our screens, right? And it says, at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. He's praying to God. And he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise. Thank you for hiding it from them. You know who he was talking about? The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, the scholars who didn't accept Jesus for who he was, claiming to be this risen Messiah, and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. And then this is where he begins speaking, claiming that God is in him and he is God. Stay with me because it's really kind of wild stuff, but I have to tell you, it's, it, I have faith and I try to understand it all, and sometimes even, it's even confusing to me, but stay with me. He says this, he says, my father... God has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. Meaning you're not going to know Jesus unless you know God. And then he says, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Basically claiming, hey, God is in me and I am in him and I am God. And we didn't even say this right here because I'm about to go prove it, right? I'm about to go prove it. When he said he was going to die and rise again. Then he goes on to say this. He goes, then he goes, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This is our greatest hit. And then he said, let me teach you to be, be, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So with that said, that's what we're going to land today. And I want to talk about 
that verse in there, the greatest hit in the context of that scripture that we just read. But before we do, I have a question to ask you. And it's an important question for us to understand. Anybody just tired? You're just tired? Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, you're just tired of life. Like, I mean, whatever it is, like, you just, you're just exhausted. And, like, your, your life's, like, got, getting you down. And, like, no matter where you go, no matter where, like, where you turn, you're like, it should be different than this for me. Like, I, I've worked hard. And, and maybe your relationship is draining to you. Maybe your job is draining to you. Maybe your family's draining to you. Maybe Los Olas Boulevard is draining to you. Maybe I-95 we know is draining to everyone. What the heck did they put those new, like, sun pass lanes in for and fill those, like, orange things with concrete? you tried to go over them, doesn't work, all right? Like, as life just got you down, right? As life just kept swinging at you and getting you down, are you there? Are you just in the middle of like, man, I can't seem to catch a break? Because the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of us in this room right here, right now, are right in the middle of some of this stuff where we're like, you know, I don't know where to go anymore. I don't know what to do. I, I want to throw in the towel, whether it's on my family or my relationship or my work, I, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I just, I just, I'm down. I'm tired. I can't seem to get anything right. Why? Why do I even want to go on? And the truth is, the fact of the matter is, this greatest hit, the scripture, Jesus says this. He tells us this. He goes, I'm big enough to handle your problems. In this come to me, those of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, in the verses that surround it, by claiming to be God, claiming to be one with the Father in heaven, I'm big enough to handle your problems. So let's look at a couple of words in this verse, which is really, which is really where I wanted to land today. So let me ask you this. We take a look at this word, weary, which is in the verse. Are you ever just see that word and go, man, what does that actually mean? Because I think I know what it means, but maybe I don't actually know what it means. So here's what I did. I Googled it, and everything in the world is on, in the world is on Google, and so find it, right? And dictionary.com exists, so enjoy it. Because I really wanted to see what the like, legal, quote-unquote, definition of this word was. Because if Jesus was going to use it, we need to understand what it means. If he uses the word weary, that's pretty serious. And here's what it means physically or mentally exhausted by hard work. Exertion, strain. I love that the dictionary uses the word etc. There's more than this, they're saying. Fatigued, tired. And here's something I know. That going through day-to-day -day life, especially in South Florida, by the way, and we're going to talk about that for the next couple of weeks because this place is nuts. This is not like Des Moines, Iowa, okay? This place is crazy. Here's, here's what I know, right? Life can wear you out. You just get to a point where you go, man, I'm tired. I'm down. Things aren't going the way that I expected them to go in my life. Things aren't going the way, way I expected them to go in my relationship. I'm just really down. And the, the fact is, the truth is, is that related to our lives, culture is doing something. Don't miss this. This is so key. Culture is pushing us faster than ever, right? And I truly believe that the culture out there that we live in, it's unique to us here in South Florida, even though the world's pushing faster than ever. Our culture, specifically here in South Florida, is pushing us faster than I've ever seen people be pushed before. There is very little rest down here. When I moved down here from Southeast Michigan, I was like, this place is crazy. And then we moved, we went home one time, and we spent an afternoon with Caitlin's grandmother. Like, she lives on a little street in Southeast Michigan, right here. 
And, and I'll never forget it because we pulled into the house and as we were pulling in, she was going to get the mail out of the mailbox. So we followed her in and we were just sitting there watching her and her husband and they were having a conversation. And she goes, you know, what are you guys doing today? Ah, oh, we're going to bounce from here to here. What are you doing? She goes, oh, we're just going to watch the Michigan game and sit pretty much all day. And I was like, that doesn't happen here. Like people don't sit there. Go, 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 go. Furthermore, related to our lives and those of us who need rest, I believe that about 10 years ago, something happened that absolutely changed culture from the inside out. Dare I say, it was the most revolutionary thing that changed culture since the invention of the automobile. And something came out that has transformed every single one of our lives from the inside out, and you have one of these, and you love it, and you hate it at the same time, and you know what it is. And dare I say, this device, and if you don't have an iPhone, like we're not friends, because I'm an Apple guy, right? Okay, I'm just kidding. But in, like these devices, these things that have come into our lives that weren't there before, that give us access to information constantly, that push notifications to us at all time, right? At all times. Like, I will, gear, I, will, I will be willing to place money that if you are an owner of one of these devices, that you probably, when you sit down to dinner or to watch television or to watch a movie, do not keep this device more than five feet from you. Why? Because it's going to go off. I cannot remember the last time I watched a television show and I did not have this device in my hand, either texting, Facebooking, tweeting, whatever it was at the same time. And sometimes you just got to put it down. Sometimes we just got to put this thing away and then go to Jesus as he called us to. But here's one of the things that I know. I believe that notifications are addicting. You know how I know that? Because I have five devices in my house that are Apple devices. I have my iPhone, I have my iPad, I have my MacBook, I have my iMac, and I have my Apple Watch. And every time someone calls or texts, every one of them goes off. It's like rescue 911 in my home, right? And so here's, I, here's the deal. This is so key for us to understand as people because at some point if we're going to rest and if we're going to get down and we're going to get tired, we have to move away from things like this and move toward God, and that's so important. Because Jesus said this. He goes, hey, when you're down, don't get down come to me. And the reason I believe that he said this, this is so key, don't miss this. The reason I believe that he said this is not just because that's a great verse. The reason that he said this was not just because it's good advice. The reason that Jesus said this was found in the context of these verses, and this is why we looked at the context of these verses. The reason he said you can come to me is for one reason, because I'm God. That's why you can come to me. That's why you can bring your weary and your burdens to me, because I'm God and I'm big enough to handle it day by day. Come to me, those of you who are weary and those of you who carry heavy burdens. So let's talk about another word in that verse, which is so important, and it's this, burdened. So I started to look up the definition for what burdened was and how that actually applied to each one of our lives because I thought I knew. I felt like I would understand what the definition of burden was, but I looked it up. And here's what burden looks like in the, def in the dictionary. And this is so key because the language that Jesus uses is so transformative. We have to understand how important it is. A burden is something that is carried, right? Something that is carried, something that weighs you down, something that is oppressive, or worrisome, something that is going to just stick with you, and you've been carrying it around, and maybe for some of you, you've been carrying it around for a long, long time, and you think about it constantly, and you think about it daily, and you need to bring it directly to Jesus. But I will tell you this, and here's something that I believe, because we're all human beings, things are going to burden you in this life. Things are going to burden you in this life. 
And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I believe that this is true. From the very earliest onset of creation, God created human beings, and I believe that he created us with one thing in mind. I believe he created us with love in mind. I believe that he loved us so much that he decided to send a Messiah, his only son, into a broken world to save us. And because I believe that, here's one of the things I know. Human beings are designed to care and love. And when you care and love, because we were created that way, when you care and love, you will eventually do what? You will eventually carry burdens. That's what happens. These two words are so key to this verse. It's so key. Weary and burdened. That's so important for us to understand because we need to realize the impact of those two words as Jesus spoke them. I'll tell you this, related to the word burdened. So one of the jobs that I have here at Downtown Harbor Church is to build relationships, as we all do, with a lot of people in this room. And so I've sat across the table and had cups of coffee and conversations, and a lot of people have shared their burdens with me. And you want to know what? They weigh on me. I wish that I could let them go, but there's something about me I can't. And maybe just that's because I'm a human being who was designed to care and love. And so even I need to release some of those burdens, and I need to run to Jesus myself. I always told you that I would be so transparent and so honest with this entire group of people from this stage, always, because I believe that this is true, so true. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You want rest? You, you got this? Ready? You want rest? You, you want to not feel the weight of the world? Okay. You want to not feel the weight of the world? You want rest in your life? Here's what you need to do very practically, very seriously. This is something that we're going to talk about this. You need to as fast as you possibly can run to Jesus. Because he said in the context of that verse that he is one with the Father and the Father is one with him and no one knows either of them. That means I'm God. That means you don't understand that I'm this big, massive God who's the creator of the universe. And I know that that's confusing for a lot of us, but he said, it's true. And then he went to a grave and proved it. So he goes, run to me because I can handle them. And so I started to ask myself, so if I were sitting out there in the museum, by the way, is the air not on in this place? Like ever, we need to get somebody on the horn. I'm dying up here. All right. Anyway, so, okay, run to Jesus. So I started to ask myself, well, if I was sitting out there, what does this mean? Hey, guy in the flowered shirt at the museum. What does this mean, okay? Run to Jesus. What, is that, what does that mean? And so one of the things at Downtown Harbor Church that we are super big on every single week is unpacking the practical for you, making sure that you understand exactly what we've presented on Sunday so that you can take it home and put it into practice in your life on Monday. So how do you run to Jesus? What do you do? Here's the first thing that I think that you should do. Number one, don't miss this. This is key. Engage with those around you who are his followers, okay? Let me pause. I believe that a lot of churches in America have become country clubs where you need a membership card to get in the door, and it broke my heart, and I couldn't stand it, which is why a group of us banded together and started downtown Harbor Church. Made me sick. This is not what that means. But let me tell you what this does mean. This does mean that when you get down, when you have things in your life that get you tired, when you are weary and you are burdened, that it's good to engage with people who are also followers of Jesus because they can lift you up. They can help you come out of those. And do you know how I know that? Because we represent him on earth to others. We represent him to others on this earth. 
When Jesus ascended to heaven, he said, I now live in you. You go carry me forward. You go make disciples of all nations in my name. We represent him to others on this earth. And so maybe it's time for you to engage with a couple of other people. Maybe it's even around here. Just to be able to share your burdens with people. And then I think this is true. This is just practical. You ready? You need to take time to rest. You got to take time to rest. If you don't take time to rest, I'm telling you, and I'm speaking like there's nobody in this room who I'm talking to more than myself, right? And let me tell you why. Because my flight leaves at 1230 today, okay? And I have no idea how I'm getting there. And so it's, it's good. So I got to take time to rest. And we need to do this because this is how we run to Jesus. This is how we take time to kind of dwell in his presence, so to say. So what does that look like here in South Florida? It's a couple of things that you should do. Ready? Go for a walk. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been going for a walk. I've been taking the dog for a walk. She's cuter than your dog. I'm sorry. It is. It's just true. I'm just kidding. Go for a walk, right? Have a lunch with somebody. Maybe you sit down and have a lunch with somebody and put your phone away. And don't go buy it for a little while and just get to know somebody else in life. Maybe you go to the beach. How many, of pe- how many people in South Florida never go to the beach, right? People pay thousands of dollars in money in airfare and hotels to go to the beach. And you know what? We live here and we never go. So maybe it's just time that you go watch a sunrise or you go to the beach and just hang out for an afternoon. And here's the other thing that I think you should do when you do all of these because it's so important, especially in 2017. If you're going to run to Jesus and you're going to do these things, at some point in time, you have to turn off the noise, leave your phone at home your phone at home. I think that's so important and that's so key. And I have to tell you something. For me, writing this message and understanding this concept is very difficult. It's not the easiest thing for me to do in my own personal life. Why? Because I'm addicted to that device, just like you are, okay? And it's all over us every single day. But if Jesus says, hey, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, we got to take time to rest. We can't do that with things going off all the time. The last thing that I think you can do if you're weary and burdened, and this one's kind of funny, but it's not, because a lot of us need to do this in our lives because it makes us weary and carry around burdens. You need to do this. Turn off the news. Like, just turn off the news. It's so negative. Every time. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, Libertarian. I don't care. Turn off the dang news. I said to my wife, we're done watching this. This is just, this is making me weary. That's what I said to her after I wrote this. She goes, weary? Since when did you start using that word? I was like, after I wrote the message. (laughs) You know, she was like, oh, okay, got it. Turn off the news. Here's the point, guys. Here's the point. When you are burdened, lean into God like never before. When you're burdened, lean into God like never, ever, ever before. Whether that is engaging with church more like you're doing today, which, by the way, I think you should, If you've been around here for any length of time, try to stay around here. This is an awesome place with amazing people who, by the way, don't have it all figured out, which is why we're all on this journey together. We don't have all the answers. Maybe you should start reading the scripture some more at your own personal time. Maybe you should spend some more time in prayer. I don't know what that necessarily looks like for you, but I do know this, is that if we're going to run to God like never before, we've got to learn to rest and slow down and to dwell in the presence of Jesus. Because he said, hey, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, because I will give you rest. And without understanding the context of that, I just go, that's nice, but why? Why would I run to you? Because he claimed to be God, and then he proved it. 
Because he said, I'm one with the Father, and the Father's one with me. And then, you guys, I know, I know you don't like this, but I, they're going to kill me. And I'm going to come back three days later. And they did. And he did. And I believe that with all my heart. And if you've never made that decision in your life to say yes to him, today might be your day to do that. Today might be your day to follow after him because it was the best decision that I ever made. And I can tell you, even when I'm having weary or even when I'm feeling heavy burdens, I can run to him. And I know that he will never, ever leave because he proved that he was God. Let me pray. Father, thanks for who you are and what you do. And, and God, I'm just so um, just in awe of your presence. And as we're praying together today as a church, I know there are people in this room who are weary and carrying around burdens. God, I pray that you'd comfort them. I pray that you'd guide them. I pray that you would help them and keep them. May they lean into you so that they can give their burdens to you, so they, they can take stock of their life and take inventory of their life and put them at your feet because you help us to understand that you are God and you're big enough to handle it all. And Jesus, we pray this today. In your name, amen.